We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. You're in the recording. All right, guys, welcome back. Best hour of their day. We've been kind of talking about this a lot lately, but if you aren't already, head over to our YouTube channel because this is our first episode um, with our new little format going on. So if you're listening, you can still listen. Go over to YouTube. I use YouTube to listen to podcasts, um, but go check it out also. If you're listening, you can still listen. If you're listening, you can still listen. listen. Yeah, but also we are days, if not a week or two away from the next season of dropping in, all the stuff we did in Austin coming out. I haven't had a chance to look, but I see my Slack is blowing up. So I know you and Nate have, have been chatting in there, Fern. I gave him some heat. I was like, if you don't give us the goods, bro, I'm moving Ackerman into your basement. <laughs> <laughs> I do not leave this basement. I'm actually sealing the door shut uh, and never leaving. But you are the guy. This is one of the things I've learned a- as a box owner, but also as an entrepreneur that you know we put so much pressure on media because everyone's a photographer or videographer these days. And we're like, Hey, uh, you took pictures last night. Can I have them? And it's like, give them some time. You know, so in in video, what I've learned is, you know, it's, it's so much more about the time after than the actual time filming. Uh, in the biz that's called post work. Post post production. There we go. Trying to get all Uh, coordinated here, but oh man, this thing is weird because it's backwards when I look at myself. mm Mm-hmm. That's why Katie was laughing at me earlier. I was trying to get myself. Fern's still standing, like very stoic. Like, okay, I can't move from this position. I'm lined up in thirds. I'm not messing this up because if I turn, it's going to be backwards. <laughs> I've still yet to figure out how to rectify this. Um, Fern but, is like one of my dogs when they don't want to get caught. They just stand completely still. Does he see me? Is, can he see me right now? I can't see him. He can't see me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. I did want to ha- talk about this subject because I posted about it recently um, on my Instagram, Coach Jason Ackerman, and I said something to the extent of, you know, if if you need to use timelines, I'm sorry, not timelines. If you need to use time caps when you're coaching, it's because you're not doing a good job at the whiteboard brief. And here's what I have found: when I put up a polarizing post, which most of them are, you get the majority, eighty percent plus that agree in some way, whether it's an emoji, whether it's like, you're right, or thanks for this, then you get about 10% that want to just argue with you no matter what. And then you get 10% that want to argue something that's not actually what you're talking about. Right? And those people are annoying. But this is one of those examples where you get that 10% where they're just arguing with you. And it's like, you're wrong. Like, I'm the pro. I'm the level four, like, I'm right about this. When it comes to most of the things I post, it is interesting to me. I was thinking about that. I'm like, people are arguing with me, and this is my, like, specialty. It would be like going on a food Instagram 
and looking at like how to make fettuccine Alfredo and being like, yo, that's too many eggs. Like, dude, I, this I is the cook. Like, he knows what he's doing. I don't know if you know this, so yeah. I might be letting you in on a secret. Tell me. But the internet, the internet is for arguing. That's what it's, I it, don't... It, is, it is not for conflict resolution, just so they're all on the same page. It is 100% for, uh, yeah, pissing contests. That's what it's for. Where there will be no winner. <laughs> but, but let's dig a little into this one, right? So I can actually pull it up, too, to find some of these comments. Maybe that would be interesting. But, you know, let, let me explain myself. You, a lot of boxes you use time caps and time caps are okay the way that i look at them is they should be used for saving yourself to make sure class doesn't go over um, also potentially saving um, you know your members that didn't scale appropriately now however both of those things can and should be mitigated during the whiteboard brief and that was the big argument it was like you know i'm using it to help people know when to scale and it's like cool that should be happening during the whiteboard brief by presenting the stimulus and giving some options not like hey guys we're doing fran there's a 10 minute time cap so scale appropriately that's a very different um suggestion that hey guys we're doing fran ideally you're going unbroken on these movements because you know you, a lot of people can have a sub 10 minute fran rx and, and I mean, look, you did it in 234. You can literally do a 10 minute Fran, I could, Katie could, and not even be the least bit out of breath and use it as a warm up or even a cool down. You know, it, with, with just that time cap being stated, where all of a sudden you're like, hey, thrusters unbroken, pull ups unbroken, minimal rest. And now we're like, oh, this is a different story. Yeah, time cap is a safety net. It's not, it, it's a tool. It's like, it's like an EpiPen, right? I'm not just going to go around jabbing people with an EpiPen. Ooh, but, if, like but if somebody breaks out an allergic reaction and goes into, you know, anaphylactic shock, then it's probably time to use the EpiPen. Like that's, that, that's what a time cap is for. And I would argue you shouldn't, there's a time and a place for it. For it. You should have it in your mind, but I don't know that it's something you should communicate to people. It should be something that's back there and I have it it's like break in case of emergency. I'm not just going up there. Hey guys, I'm going to break this glass right now and just be prepared for devastation. Um, you're you're right. the The whiteboard brief is where most of those things are resolved, and um, where this actually gets resolved is by doing class evals and by under, by like giving people tools to do that. And I was having a long conversation with you know somebody that I uh, very much respect as a professional we were talking about this last night and the the whole point of of having a time cap is almost makes people a worse coach so we have to look at our affiliate and our programming and our class structure and and determine is what we are dialing up setting somebody up for failure so you could use you know strength plus metcon as an example while it's cool while it can be effective if provided with the right time domain for the class, it could be great. However, if it's not, then what we were talking about is I'm not even giving people an opportunity to develop their skill. Right? So we see this all the time at a level two. 
they go to level two, they realize what the difference between coaching and presenting is. And if I give somebody a lot of stuff or I put a time cap as like a, as like the standard go to, I'm not, I'm not allowing somebody to further their skill set because I've just pigeonholed into this is how it works. You have to do all this crap. You know, you're going to do it without really teaching a bunch of the movements. So I'm a, I'm a presenter. I'm not a coach at that point. And if you're using time caps a lot and, and I shit, at some point I would say like at all, then I would don't know that we necessarily call ourselves a coach, you know, like you want to, you know, be a wordsmith. But, but the point is, is like most good coaches wouldn't, would never, that would need would never arise out some sort of weird catastrophic event that was just completely unseen. I I don't, I don't remember the last time I used one. Well, and and again, I I think it's okay to say like, Hey guys, uh, we're doing Fran, by the way, I am setting a time cap in case, but, but throw back at them. Like, Hey, in case you don't scale appropriately or, you know, for, you know, you have three classes in a row and you just want to set your members up for that expectation that at 10 minutes you're done. Now I would go further and you and I have done it dozens, if not hundreds of times, strip weight off a bar, tell them to do less reps. You know, you know, if they're in Fran on Fran and they're at nine minutes and they're just starting the round of nine, I might be like, Hey, you're doing five and five on this round. You're doing less. And, and one of the, pieces of feedback I was seeing quite a bit in the post was the idea of like, what about for the members that don't listen? You know, I, I'd have to dig to find this guy's quote, but it was What like, are they listening to is my point. Well, right? a, you, you, get what, point. you get what you, you get what you emphasize. And if I emphasize the time cap, that's now, that's all people heard. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the point, right? If you're only talking about time cap, yeah. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to scale so I can be under 10 minutes, but bigger picture. Yeah, I've got 10 minutes. I've got 10 minutes is what is all they heard. Right. You know what yeah, I'm talking I about? Get 10 minutes to do this workout. Okay. I'm going to go 95. I'm going to, maybe I'll even go 135, you know, but the other option, the aspect was these coaches that are saying that it's like, I, I want to grab them and shake them and be like, that's on you. If like right. I coach class, zero people do it wrong. And when I say do it wrong, I mean, don't listen somewhat to my scaling. And if someone, if there is one person that has to be kind of the RX king or queen of your box or your class, end it. Like you're, you're in charge. I think, you know, I'll, I'll find, you know, what somebody said here. Um, but it's like, it's just their way of saying like, I'm not confident, capable or willing to tell someone that they're not listening to me. Like I'm not willing to take leadership of this class. I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch and you know, it's not like you can just develop confidence overnight like that. Uh, that is a skill set of falling on your face, getting back up, reassessing, redesigning, trying it again, throwing spaghetti at the wall. So I think it's more along the lines of learning what and how I should communicate. So friends, let's use, we'll we'll stick with the Fran 10 minute time cap thing. And instead of saying there's a 10 minute time cap, just say it differently, right? Say the same thing differently, which is guys, if you go over eight minutes, you've messed this up. Like that's wrong. Now in the back of my mind, I've got 10 minutes back there. Remember it's a safety net in case like whatever happens. Um, But tell them 
what the goal is and then tell them what failure is meaning like this is you've really missed the mark if this unfolds same thing if you're talking we were talking uh to um a couple i was talking to a couple coaches and box owners yesterday about you know like bringing on new staff and i said it's it's i know everybody thinks it's weird but it's not weird if you tell people just outright if you steal i will fire you and they're like well i thought i figured they would just assume that if they stole i'm like well, that's where you went wrong. You shouldn't assume that. You have to tell them if you steal, you will get fired. Meaning like if you walk over that refrigerator and you take a fit aid that you did not pay for, that is stealing. And thus you will be fired. And they'll be like, oh, right. And the same thing would be like, listen, this is a, you know, four to eight minute workout. Guys, if you go over eight minutes, you've done this incorrectly. And that is not how this workout should be executed. That's a, that the message is totally different as it comes out. I've emphasized how to not mess this up not what is available to you. It's kind of like the Parkinson's law deal, which is like the the uh, the, the task will take as much as much time as you've allotted to it. So if you have two weeks to get a project done, you'll take two weeks. If you got 24 hours, do the same project, you'll get it done in 24 hours. So if you're like, hey guys, you got 10 minutes, they'll take 10 minutes just because it's available. Yeah, let me, let me read a couple of examples here. So, um, you know, and I'm not going to use names, but obviously if you go through the posts, you can see it. But one of these guys, you know, and, and I'm not knocking these IVN people. IVN 125, what is it? <laughs> IMV 1245. No. Also, what po- are you on your Instagram? Yes, aren't you? Aren't you on my Instagram all the time? I, yep, all the time. But which post is it? Because I don't see a time cap one. I see one. Are you talking about the one, don't clean your equipment up early? No, this is from yesterday, I think. It says, if you're setting time caps on wads, it's because you're not good at whiteboard briefs. It should be like two posts back if you're uh, if you're looking on my Instagram. You don't see it? It's literally two posts back. Anyway, you found it, Katie? Got it. Got it. Okay, now I got to pull this guy up again. Okay, 99% of the time I agree with you, but I have to disagree here. When running three to four classes back to back, people having off days on their fitness abilities, misses, fatigue, et cetera, that normally would be able to complete within the normal range and other extenuating circumstances that cannot be factored in prior to the start. A time cap is sometimes necessary, especially on the longer the workout, the broader the days, you know, and that's kind of the message like, okay, cool. I still would go back and say that should be taken care of at the whiteboard. Hey guys, you know, this workout is going to be really shoulder intense. If you're tired, if you did something last week, whatever it is, let's just be smart about it. You know, also going back to the, the longer the workout, what are you doing to give them indicators of when and where that's happening, right? Like, right. hey, we're doing filthy 50s. If um, What's the first movement in filthy 50s? Uh, Jumping, no, uh, box jumps? I was going to say box jumps. Like, let's Either box, box jumps or jump. I think it might be jumping pull-ups. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it starts with box jumps, right? Hey, if you're still doing box jumps at four minutes in, I need you to move on. I mean, so you're kind of setting a time cap there, but it's it's giving them what to look for. Ideally, you're not setting a time cap long-term. Um, you know, you're, you're more giving them those indicators, you know? So I think there's some sort of correspondence going on. Somebody's kind of defending this post. And and here's, here's the one that... Um, kind of, you know, put me over the edge with this. But if you expect an entire day's class is a 15 to 20 to scale appropriately, 
when their general direction may be under another coach, then bless you. That's the problem. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I yeah. Everybody. 1,000%. Yeah, in your so class. Whoever, whoever that whoever that is, whoever that is, um, I'm gonna be straight up. You don't know what you're talking about. So, so, and that's just, and it might be any number of reasons, right? But the point is, is like, is that my expectation? This is the whole best hour of your day. Well, we should be the best hour of your day. What? It, what? Then what is the expectation that everybody just does whatever the fuck they want? No, the expectation is I run a class and it goes down the way it's supposed to go down. Meaning we're on time. I teach. I connect with people, and they hit the stimulus. If you don't get those three things done, I would consider that class a failure. And then you would yeah, move forward correcting it. So not only yes, but what would the other option be? What, like, what is my expectation if that is not my expectation that everybody hits that stimulus? And if you think I'm full of shit, show up to my gym at any time and not only watch me do it, but watch the rest of my coaching staff do it. Because that is something that gets just pounded into people. If somebody misses hardcore on a stimulus, all the coaches are like, yo, what are you doing over there? Like, why did you let that happen? Right. Like, that should never happen. That's the point, right, Fern? It's like, if it's happening, you are responsible in that moment to rectify it. Like, you shouldn't be realizing it. We set a 20-minute time cap. We shouldn't be realizing it 19 minutes in. We should be realizing it probably you know, if it's a multi-rounder. Round one. Right. If not round two, like a lot of people can look strong in round one and then they go to pick up the bar in round two and it's like, what's happening? Like, yeah, so fix it. Hey, I'm going to go like strip their bar, cut their reps, whatever it takes. Like that's your job as a coach. So, you know, and I, and I don't want to pick on this guy because I, I think he there, is probably a good coach. But right. And there's multiple and, and things that have him, gone wrong here. But I'm using this person's kind of argument as, as what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, and, and, but, there's, and fairness, but there's multiple things that have gone wrong there. And you've, you and I have both talked about this before, which is if, if I do have to use a time cap, that means probably several things. One of many things may, may or may not have happened, right? So I didn't expressly to, you know, communicate what was supposed to happen in the whiteboard brief. Okay. I didn't do something in the specific warm-up that would allude to the fact that this might be incorrect. I didn't maybe do a test round, right? I didn't change the weight mid-workout and make that decision. You know, it's like the old, it's like if the building is on fire, you call the fire department. But then we have to like, go back to, why is the building on fire? Like what what led to this thing? That And that is where the correction moving forward happens. Um, and so, yeah, it does happen. It should happen with a lower and lower and lower and lower, lower frequency as you move forward, progressing as a professional. Yeah, and, and all the things I just listed, those would be the answers to that problem. The, the people arguing with me, like I'm suggesting, if you want to throw a time cap out there, you know, not every coach is experienced, you know, you know, and this guy's saying some coaches aren't there. Like my statement, and I think you'd agree, is like if a coach is on your staff, they need to be, capable of coaching any class on your schedule. You don't want to have the guy that can only coach the noon because it's a smaller class and he's more comfortable there. Like if you're coaching for me, you're coaching for me, period. Um, and, and it's yeah, their responsibility any for anybody. Right. And it's their responsibility and it's, it's your job to develop them. Now, the people that are arguing with me are, I think, 
kind of arguing like time caps. My suggestion is your whiteboard brief should brief the stimulus. And there's they're more trying to use the time cap as as that as the brief, which is wrong. Like have it there as a backup. Right. I'm not opposed to that. It shouldn't be every day. Because I think the one thing that you said that really needs to be heard is people will find a way to hit that time cap. But let me let me read another one. Nope. Time caps are an excellent tool in a coach's toolbox. Of course, a good coach should do a quick quality wad briefing, but a good coach also should keep the class running smoothly and make sure the next class has a good experience as well, which means making sure the previous class is finished before their class starts. A time cap is a completely reasonable, smart, and effective tool. It's like, you know, again. No, it's not. No, it's yeah, not. A time, argue a, time cap, a time cap is an emergency procedure. That's what it is, right? Yeah. That is what a time a, It is an emergency procedure. It is not standard operating procedure. It's not like things are going well. That's not what it is. A time cap is something has gone terribly wrong. I need to shore this up so I don't screw over the next coach. That's what it is. If you're using it for anything other than is than an emergency procedure, and I don't mean true emergency. I mean like in the in the instance yeah. of your lesson plan or timeline, then I would argue that is a serious failure point. And it happens, right? I have done time caps in the past when I was not that great at coaching. And then even when I was pretty good at coaching and then a little bit when I was pretty good, almost never now. And I can't think of the, like I said, I can't think of the last time I did it because I put all of the things in that would prevent that prior to making sure I emphasize the right things in the in the wad brief, making sure that we're spending some time on this specific warm-up so I can see and watch people move, checking in with people. And then, you know, like the old question back in the old podcast is like, how you feeling? And they're like, I feel like shit. And I'm like, take that into account when you choose your weight for today. Like, don't be a dummy, you know? And then a test round when I'm like, those should be unbroken. And they do five singles. I'm like, that's too heavy. Strip that weight down. We're talking about four or five check-ins before I would need to break the glass and pull out the emergency procedure of putting a time cap in there. It is not a useful tool. It's a useful tool in the event that things have gone wrong. That's what it is. It should not be used for anything other than that. Now, I don't want to just get on my high horse here. We'll talk about fixing it, right? So for anybody that's listening, if you are in fact using a time cap on a regular basis, you, you need to pose a question to yourself. It's like, why? do I need this time cap? What has gone wrong that has led to the action of me capping this workout? And then answer it objectively. Bob doesn't listen. Cool. Why doesn't Bob listen? Or what not allowed me to see that Bob was going to make a poor decision in this workout? Uh, I didn't strip the weight. Okay, next time strip the weight. You know, if Bob doesn't listen, then I need to put a test round in there to check Bob so that Bob and I can be on the same page. Okay, I did those two things. Maybe I said something that was a little bit quirky in the wad brief, you know, and I emphasized, hey, guys, a 10 minute time cap. So everybody assumes that they should and can just use 10 minutes, even though that is incorrect. But ask yourself the question. I was talking the same thing, same conversation last night, which is one of the things that James Hobart kind of stressed to me years ago when uh, like I've given feedback in a seminar, which is like, listen, man, everybody screws up. It's it, like it's not like it never happens. The point with that is, do you know why you screwed up? That's what's important. Not did you screw up or not? Like, it, l listen, it's coming. You're gonna, it's gonna happen. But do you know immediately? And that's the assessment that should happen. It's like, okay, I use the time cap. Why did I use the time cap? Right? Something happened prior to that. What is the root cause of this outcome of a time cap? Is is what is important?
Cause we can agree if the workout is meant to be done, you know, like, let's just say that 25 is the end range of that workout. You should still have time buffered in for that, by the way, if they went over. Yeah. And, and, and like we said, we've said, you shouldn't be there to begin with. Let me read one more, uh, for you. And then I have an idea that I want to do to show the listeners how we might approach this, but this guy comments often, like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, I just have this platform to respond to these guys and I hope they listen uh, on to the podcast because sometimes I just don't have the time or effort or energy to respond like Fern does Katie on Instagram posts. And, and, and I don't think Point. it gets conveyed properly, but this guy completely disagree with this. I set time caps on every single workout I program but class time management has nothing to do with why. It's a nice way to control class timing, but not the motivation. There are three types of caps. One, the workout has a technical movement in it, double unders, et cetera, and you want your athletes to push themselves outside of their comfort zones, but you don't want that to take all day. We'll go back and revisit that. So you set the cap. Yeah. Two, the aggressive cap. You are setting the tone for your athlete's intensity. This gives them a guide and encourages them to shoot for a time to beat with the coach's guidance, of course. I actually am not as opposed to that one. Use this appropriately. Uh, I, am, then, I, am, I am wholeheartedly opposed to that one because that, uh, that actually demonstrates a lack of understanding of what intensity means. If you're saying that you're allowing them to go longer, then we shouldn't revisit the equation for intensity. I, don't, I didn't interpret it as that. I interpret it as like, hey, guys, we're doing Fran today. It's a two-minute cap. And then that way they're forced to go harder. I, I think that's just as equally wrong in the other direction. Sure. We could just, and then number three, this is the least used cap, but a nice way to encourage a certain stimulus, the improbable. An aggressive goal, but no one in the gym will beat the cap. However, it is possible. If Rich dropped in, he beat the cap. So it's improbable, not impossible. My two cents. This is a program, and I strongly believe it works. Now, somebody defends me and says, that's what Jay is saying here. Instead of using type caps to instruct, he's using uh, words to get members to gain the stimulus. It seems easier to use the time cap, but in the long term, members take more ownership when you explain what you're trying to achieve and let them learn how to achieve it rather than, yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. Um, these guys are all arguing that it's a tool. And I think that's what we disagree on. It's not a tool. It's, it's a backup plan. Um, so, you know, Katie's got it pulled up and, and that's, this is something cool about if you're watching our YouTube videos now, Katie has things. She's truly up young on Katie. Yeah. She's truly young Katie now. She is, I've yeah. grown. <laughs> um, but you know, so for the first one, with the technical movement, you know, I, I don't disagree with what he's saying. It goes back to filthy fifties. Hey guys, uh, if you're on any of these movements for longer than two minutes, time to move on, right? I suppose that is a time cap, but it's also kind of it's 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 a little bit different. What do you think about that, Fern? I think there's alternative solutions that are more effective, right? Again, that's a backup plan. It's a backup backup plan, which is why why have we not why for me I that's it's kind of lazy, and this is not a shot at this person. But but it is kind of the lazy out. It's just like if I've just be like, well, just move on at two minutes, then I've foregone a lot of coaching prior to that, which is like we can use double unders, for instance, to be like, hey, listen, uh, if you don't if you uh, if you suck double unders, move on it at, at two minutes. Well, here's an alternative solution. Who's an alternative solution? Teach the double under number one. 
and put in some sort of test that would give them a number to shoot for, right? Because you're going to run into the same problem that you run into with an AMRAP, which is like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just dick around for two minutes until I can move on. But if if I, if somebody's got like quasi double unders and the number's 50, and we could reasonably say that you should be able to get 50 double unders if you're proficient with double unders in about 30 seconds, maybe a little bit faster, to be frank with you. Okay. Well, cool. Well, then maybe I'm just going to do 30 seconds and I'm going to get a number prior to the workout as we're warming up and teaching the double under. So I'm going to do a 30 second test. You know, two, one of two things is a stopping point. Either you finish the number 50 or you stop at 30 seconds. And then what I'm going to walk around the room is like, Jay, how many did you get in 30 seconds? And you're like 15. I'm like, cool. 15 is your number. Katie, what'd you get? She's like 12. And I'm like, mm, knowing a little bit about Katie, I'm going to either go up or down. I'm like, I think 15 is okay. Or I'm like, make it 10 because it's five rounds, but 10 is your number. And now I've squeezed them into the appropriate timeline instead of just letting them mail that in and not force them to work on, you know, the coordination, accuracy, agility uh, involved with something that has a you know really high neurologic component like a double under it's not super physically taxing but neurologically there's a lot of demand going on there so that would be a better option and again this goes back to coaching right this is your your job our job when we walk into the class is to provide solutions that would progress them to the desired end state not just mail it in because that's easier you know, no, like if, if it's like by like never teaching the muscle up, well, you know what? They're never going to get muscle ups, even if it's really, really far fetched that they would get a muscle up. It's OK to have that in the back. I've, I've said a very number of times I have members that will never overhead squat. Very likely. That doesn't mean I don't teach them in the overhead squat and we don't go through the motions to try to get better overhead position or to try to get somebody to be able to do double unders. But then I'm going to find, I'm going to give them something that's appropriate based on the stimulus. And if you're like, just move on, well, guess what? That's the same person that never gets double owners, that never gets off the purple band, that never finds a different, you know, uh, uh, ring muscle up sub, right? And I've basically made them stagnant in that skill set and their fitness by that singular action. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's easy to be like, hey, you're going to do double owners for two minutes or watch a set at the beginning it's like rowing right like or, or bike you know you and i were at the seattle summit we we were doing a min or what was it like two minutes you had to do x amount of calories and then a max clean and jerks and we did a little test at the beginning to see how long it took us and then the coach came around and told us either keep it go down or up and and that's what you should be doing okay this person 50 double unders will take them an hour okay well then i want you to do 10 doubles and 20 singles, or I want you to, you know, do 10 doubles and 10 attempts, give them something tangible. And I, and, you know, and I think again, for, for everything we're saying, it's, it's not that this is completely wrong, but for most of the people that are arguing with this post, it's a lack of understanding of the workout and a lack of ability to teach that. And, and bigger picture taking ownership. I think the bigger frustration for me out of all of this is, is when someone's like, well, people are going to do this. Yeah, they are. And that's your job. People are inherently lazy right. and dumb, as Katie, young Katie likes to say. Well, that's don't, your that's job your, as a coach. That's your job, exactly. So, Otherwise, don't call yourself a coach. Yeah. You know what? Between the three of our kids, like, they want to eat. Like, if I let Madison, she would. She she had dog food in her mouth earlier today, all right? I wasn't going to say anything about it. 
I wasn't going to bring it up on the podcast. But yeah, my daughter ate some kibble. All right. Whatever. Well, you left out that you fed it to her, but that's a that's a that's a different discussion. She's crawling around. It was one of the dental ones. Like at least it was good for her, you know teeth. But she's she's eating kibble, and and she would continue to do that if I didn't stop her. Like your members are dumb too. Your members will eat dog food if you let them. Like it's your job to be like, hey, you're eating dog food. How about you let me take that out of your mouth and give you real people food, right? How about you let me take the 115 off the bar that you clearly can't do because you're moving like a soup sandwich and, and we go down to 75 like you should have done if you listened to me. Now, there are people that are going to – and here's the funny part about it, Fern, and I think you'll agree. When you do that, your members are like, thank you. I was embarrassed. I wouldn't have done it myself. You're the coach. I appreciate you. If your members don't listen to you, that's also an indication – that you're not showing them that you care about them. I could walk into a gym right now to strangers and be like, hey, dude, we need to strip some of that weight off. And you know, you could have the most bro-like big dude with face tattoos and also, I mean, we did this in the prison, right? Face tattooed people like, and, and like, hey, dude, you need to strip some of that weight. No, no, no. Okay, you're not understanding this workout. You're doing singles. Right. See that, you know, person over there, they're getting, like, it's up to, to explain it. So here's another, here's another, um, a little uh, role playing we're going to do, Katie. Head over to CrossFit.com, Katie, and go back to yesterday, 11 8 Okay. By the way, Katie, uh, by the, when's this podcast go up? Uh, tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Yeah, Fern's birthday is coming up, Katie. Fern, <laughs> let me see that shirt you're wearing. It is. It's at home. I framed it already. Did you frame it? I sent Fern a t-shirt for his birthday. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's, a, big, so that's a big turd. It just has a big <laughs> emoji on it. All right. I, I, didn't, I figured you would know because I didn't. there was no way to do a card. Well, I, I, in my defense, I did ask Jay, or, uh, sorry, Jess first. And she was like, nope. And then I, you were the second person that I asked. So oh, basically right you and, my wife, and then my wife. Yeah. <laughs> What'd your wife say? Was she? Was she? Did she think it was the best present ever? Do I not give you the best Why? presents? Come on, tag team belts, sweet T-shirt. All right. So, so we're we're looking at the workout of the day from eleven eight right. twenty one. You can see this on our YouTube channel. And here's what I want to say: like, we're I just literally picked today because the the day that we'd be looking at is a rest day. So I just literally went to the most recent workout available: fifteen twelve nine six three. Uh, reps for time of power cleans at 135.95 and bar facing burpees. So Fern, let's talk, if we were going to set a time cap for this, you'd probably set it at about 10, 12, maybe. Uh, 27, what is that? Uh, So 27, 36, 42, 45 reps each. So 45 bar facing burpees, 45 power cleans. So, so we'll go a little bit. Yeah, it's notes, 135, it's right? Yeah. It's yeah. So we'll go. Wait, wait, slow down a sec. First thing Fern did was add up how many reps you're doing. And, and here's why that's important. We now realize to finish this workout, you have to do 90 reps, RX, that is. You can right. scale, right? Take <laughs> off the 15s or drop the, the, the last round, whatever that looks like. So now we have an idea of, okay, there's 90 reps. I would say most movements in the CrossFit world are two-second reps. So we're saying if someone moves at lightning speed, 
uh, 90 reps times two seconds, that's three minutes of work. That's like no, no, not even transition time. That's just like straight movement. And I would argue bar facing burpees, yeah, maybe three, three seconds. So we're, we're talking lightning speed, three minutes. Okay. So best of the best. Now, so that's the first thing Fern did. Now you're starting to go a little bit deeper. What's the next layer of that onion? So first thing I'm doing is I just want to know what the total rep count is. And then I'm going to reach into my bag of experience. And this is for everybody. This isn't me, which is what other workouts or metrics do I have to give me a reference point? So I'm looking at 135 power clean and the, or sorry, 45 reps, 135 power clean. The first thing that comes to mind is like grace. Okay. So it's, yeah. a, it's, it's grace and a half minus the overhead, which means, and the overhead is a significant portion of that. So the cycling time is faster. I'm not going to get as fatigued. So I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, what is, what would be a, a, a reasonable grace time? Let's say three to four minutes. So take out the overhead. The cycling time is faster, probably the same outcome to, so three to four minutes would be acceptable to get all 45 of those reps done. And then I'm going to reverse engineer that. How many reps would I need to do per minute to get that done? in three to four reps and understanding like as descending rep scheme, the six and the three probably happen in, I don't know, 30 seconds total between those two rounds. You're on the bar for 30 seconds between the six and the three. Okay. At 135, if you scale this appropriately. So three to four minutes, and then I'm looking at the, the bar facing burpees. It's a little bit slower than a regular burpee, but five minutes uh, would be a blazing time for a hundred burpees for time. Okay. So yes. chop a couple minutes off of that, chop a couple minutes off of that. Let's call it three, four on the high end. So I've got bring in its bar facing versus standard burpees. Right. Right. So then I'm going to, I'm just going to take the long end of both of those and say four and four puts me at eight. Now we factor in transitions, getting tired and all that kind of stuff. Some people are going to go a little bit faster. So let's call this six to 10 based on that. And that's how six I would come up with that. Workout. Six to 10 minute workout. If you're over 10, I think you messed this up. I, I would agree. That's what, you know, initially looking at it, I kind of put that 10 minute time cap as, as an idea. And I mean, if you're, if you're new to CrossFit, hey, spoiler alert, most CrossFit workouts are eight to 12 minutes, right? Like that's where the bulk of good CrossFit programming, their couplets or triplets in that eight to 12 minute time domain, you know? So knowing when I see a couplet on .com, I can pretty much assume it's trying to hit that stimulus. Um, but I think one thing you did really well, and I always, recommend people do this is go back to your experience look at other workouts i remember when i started giving the programming lecture at uh, level ones that was something joe degain said the member of the way back programming lecture we would actually create some workouts on the board um and that was something you know we'd go to a snatch i'd be like okay what's a good reference isabel right. here you have power cleans you have grace you know but so you have an idea now you're saying 10 minutes or less I, you know, the, the one thing I would give you feedback on I got there a couple is, other things. I got a couple other things I want to add to this, but keep going. Yeah, the, the only thing you said that I would kind of dig in a little bit would be six to 10 minutes on an eight to 12 minute workout is too broad. I mean, you're, you're giving too much of a gap. So I would say this workout should be, the ideal would be six to eight minutes. I want everyone in my class to be in that time domain. The fire I just think that's a little, I think that, yeah, I think that time, I think that window is a little too tight just from experience. Like I, I think if I can squeeze an entire days full of people in a four minute window, um, I, in my personal experience, like that's crushing. Cause yeah, and, and the, even the best, you know, this is one of those examples. 
I, I got a dude at the box here, not at Best Hour CrossFit, at Ralston Creek. And um, by the way, I have the domain now. I've got the Best Hour domain. Um, so. Almost almost a real thing. It's almost a it's real almost thing. a real thing. I don't know, but I think I pointed it at, uh, let's see, let's see if it fixed it. Yeah. Uh, while you're doing that, from a coaching standpoint. Yes, you're, you're, if anybody you're, wants to go to, sorry, besthourcrossfit.com, they can do it now. Um, so, Is anyway, there anything so, there? Yeah. Katie's doing it. it. Let's see it. Let's see it, Katie. Our domain not found. Let me see. Um, there we go. There it is. It forwards wait. to the best hour of their day. Isn't that our website? Yeah, yeah. And I forwarded it. I, it doesn't go anywhere. I don't want people showing up in my box. Oh, that's garbage. That's not even a real thing. You're a complete piece of trash. Okay. So going back to the workout. All right. So there's two other things that I would add in here The um, with regard to that. So these are coaching tips. So we, we've kind of walked through like how I would come up with that and how I would brief that. And I would say, hey, guys, here's the workout. And there, so always go think the skeleton framework for This will prevent a lot of problems down the road. What's the workout? Hey guys, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. We've got power cleans and bar facing burpees. Okay. So stimulus got here, guys, six to 10 minutes. If you go over 10 minutes, we have not scaled appropriately. So please make sure that happens. Scaling options for the power clean. If we need to change it from a power clean or from a barbell to dumbbells, let's do that. But the first option is going to be bringing the weight down so that we can do that appropriately. For bar facing burpees, either step over the bar or move the bar out of the equation altogether and just do a regular burpee. So I've given a couple different um, scaling options as I go through. And then the other thing I would add just from a coaching standpoint and to give people a frame of reference to determine themselves if they screwed this up is I would point out the fact that guys, when you get the round of 12, that is halfway. So if you are over five minutes to get through the round of 15 and 12, mathematically that's halfway. It's actually a little bit more than halfway we've messed up and we need to make some adjustments, right? So now they know whether they're on track or not. And I know whether they're on track or not. So if I check in at the five minute mark, I'm like, what round are you on? They're like, I'm just finishing the round of 15. I'm like, we're changing this strip that weight down. And I'm going to cut out the round of 12, go to nine after this. That's, okay. that's exactly the point, right? It's like, you need to know those things ahead of time. Right. And, and, and what else can we do? You know, do, the other do thing I would do prior to would be yes, I would test round one. That's all you need. If you test round one, you'll have all the information that you need on this. You personally as a coach, do round one, do 15 and 15 and see how long it takes. And that'll give you a, a frame of reference for, because we all know that, that three is, you know, in total, one, two, three, boom. You're talking about 15 seconds for the whole round of three. Right. So... You know, and, and some listeners might say 15, that's crazy. I mean, that's a third of the workout. First of all, maybe it is a little crazy in this scenario. I don't know that I would have done 15, Fern. I might have said, hey, guys, if you're going nine and nine. And if you can't do the nine, I'm like, because I don't need you to do 15 to prove you can do 15. But if you can't do nine, I'm broken. I know you're going to have a problem in this workout, right? So, I mean, do, so them, do them casually and you'll probably still be done in two and a half minutes, which boy, you've still proven my point. Right. So, but the point is you don't have to do a full round, but you have to do some sort of test that's indicative to how the rest of the workout is going to go. And like you said, you know, three doesn't really do the trick. Six is probably, but I think at that listen, nine, it's like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on you in this one. Like if you're so lazy as to not be willing to do the full round of 15 in order to get this right, then there's, we have to have a different discussion. 
And we know you're I, lazy, but like if you're somebody who's like, you know, trying to come up and really get good at this shit, I, dude, you got to test a lot of stuff in order to like make an accurate, you know, assessment on what something is. So I'm not buying into this. Well, it's too much. It's a third of the workout. I'm like, well, you're not about to work out, you turd. You're about to coach the class. Who gives a shit if you do a third of the workout? Oh, you're talking to the coach. Yes. Okay. I was talking as a wad buildup. No, I would do like a seven and seven or something like that. Right. Okay. So we're on the same page there. But yeah, as a coach, you need to test that. But I mean, as a coach, I would also argue you should know this. Like, I know I can do 15 unbroken. Right. Going back to the 12s may get a little dicey, and I'd probably right. go seven and five. I like to always do one extra to have less when I come back to the bar. And then, you know, I would also, other things I would say is like, hey guys, the 963 need to be unbroken. Yeah. You know, I would, so you, if I was going to do a test around here, I would either pick this, the nine or the six, depending on how I was feeling that day. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you make them do that. Um, but even if, like you said, you made an entire class do 15 and 15. I'm also going to give you like five minutes rest if I've done that. Okay, guys, cool. Yeah. Um, think some people need to change their weights. Some people need to go heavier. You know, like I right. might look around and be like, dude, that was so easy. You got to go uh, one from 115 to 135 or 125. Go take a nervous right. pee, everybody. Get get ready. We're going to do yeah. this thing. Um, for the record, I would I would never do 15 and 15. I would put yeah. a much lower number just as a primer. My my general rule for a for a test round is like it. This is not an absolute statement, but more often than not, it needs to be it needs to be done in less than sixty seconds. Yeah, but it, it needs to be uh, it needs to have a purpose too, right? Like you said, if you're doing three Correct. or four, it's too light to give you that right. in, indication of, of how that's going to go. Correct. So you know, and and this might be one I, I tried to hit in the garage later, um, just to just to test it out to see how close we were. But but I think we gave people you know, and then again, ten minute time cap. Cool, but my point is, if you just listen to us and you brief it now, no one should be approaching that ten-minute time cap. And if they are, right. it should be really close. Um, and and also, your timeline should plan accordingly. Like we always say, seven minutes minimum at the end of class for a cool down, for cleanup, etc. And the reason we say seven minutes is okay. Somebody went to ten thirty or eleven. Well, now you have six minutes. But ideally, right. you're doing such a good job there that that's not happening, and and you're locking it down ahead of time. And if someone's really struggling, all right, I'm going to strip your weight, or hey, you're going to end on the sixes, or maybe you realize it early on, and you say, all right, you're going to go um, six five four at the end, whatever mm -hmm. it looks like. Just have those options. Right. Uh, for the record, 10, 10 would not be my time cap if I was coaching this class. Number one, I would never give it, I would never tell everybody what the time cap was if I did have one. But 10, six to 10 would be the acceptable time frame for this workout. The time cap, if I needed it, would be something along the lines of 15. Like if there was just massive implosion and I just needed an additional five minutes, I would have it there. Um, if you need to shave, if you need to shave, you know, a couple minutes off of your cool down after this, there's probably a couple other things wrong, meaning you're probably doing too much in the hour or you wasted a whole ton of time leading up to saying three, two, one, go in the workout. Um, because I really, you know, bar facing burpees, you know, teach that in a, in a pretty simple progression, four minutes, the rest of the time should be spent teaching the power clean and doing some, some build up on to get the weights right before you do your test round in this workout here, there should be, you should have all the time in the world to do what you need to as Can a coach in the class. Can, can I say something? Because I actually did this workout yesterday and I coached it too <laughs> because we followed cap. 
Yeah, Katie, we ball you cap. should have brought this up about. <laughs> well, 10 I wanted to see. I wanted to actually. I can. Well, because I can. I wanted to see how close you guys were to what the coaches note said, so that everybody listening can understand that really you guys are CrossFit. Because everything you said was in the cap coaches notes, except for instead oh, of it? instead of said eight or six to ten minutes is like what we want everybody finished in, but everybody should hopefully be done in under 12. So rather than 15, 12 was the, on the longer end. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> so anybody who follows cap turns, knows. Turns out, turns out we know what we're doing. <laughs> oh, I mean, the only sad part about that is we have to fire Austin, James and Spencer. <laughs> yeah. We're in. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, the, again, I think the big takeaway here is continue to hone your craft so that you don't need to use the emergency tactic of a time cap. That's because that's what it is. It's an emergency tactic to, to wrap things up because other many, probably multiple other things have gone wrong and then ask yourself what went wrong and how do I fix that moving forward? Um, yes. And a time cap is a tool. It is not an everyday tool. And if you're using that, then you're deficient as a coach and we need to figure out like, how do I progress forward? Because that shouldn't be the standard operating procedure is the emergency tool. Agreed. I think we nailed it. Once again, guys, head over to our YouTube channel. If you want to watch us in person, if you want to watch Fern and I try to figure out where we are in our little rectangle, um, head over there. <laughs> Plus dropping in is coming out real soon. You guys are going to love it and a lot of other cool stuff coming out for best hour of their day. So, and I also want to say, if you're one of the people that commented on that post, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM, happy to chat more. Uh, no uh, you know, offense meant at you guys, but you know, I, I just hope that we gave you a, another vantage point to look, look at it from. All right, thanks for listening. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.